Welcome to the FishCast. We have another great guest as head coach Pete Shinnick of West Florida comes on to the FishCast to discuss his defending national championship team, the West Florida Argonauts. Good afternoon and welcome to another edition of the Fish Podcast. My name is Corey Long. I'm one of your hosts. I uh, do college football evaluations for WalterFootball.com. I'm a guest columnist for Saturday Down South and Saturday Tradition. And proud to announce that the FishCast is now part of the FNF Coaches Podcast Network. Join, as always, by the captain of this ship. Some days it's the Titanic, but most days it's a fine, fine yacht. Charles Fishbein, how you doing, Fish? Good. We're going duo today instead of, you know, going triple. <laughs> so, but yeah, uh, Coach Demo is not available today. He had a family obligation that's keeping him out. But as always, what do I say, Fish? The most, the most illustrious guests show up on the Fish cast. And today, today we got University of West Florida reigning defending Division II national champions, head coach Pete Shinnick, the longest defending national champion coaches in college football right now, I believe. It's been at least, it's been two years, right, coach? It has been. You know, we're, as technically, we're still champions. D2 didn't play in 2020, so, I mean, they, 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 they can't take that away from us. We're, we're, still, we're still reigning national champs. We, we like it. Absolutely. We're on a, this rain is, is going to get close to 20 months by the time the season starts. Uh, coach, um, you know, just to give, um, now this is a little history. You come from a football family. Your father, Don, was a linebacker for the Baltimore Colts. Um, he played in, uh, played from the, in the, through the fifties and sixties, um, for, um, reference sake, uh, for people, he played with Johnny Unitas. He played in arguably the two most important games in NFL history, the um, 1958 uh, NFL championship game and in Super Bowl III. Uh, he later coached throughout the 70s and 80s, uh, won a Super Bowl as part of John Madden's staff and um, when the Oakland Raiders. You yourself, you and I know uh, at least three of your brothers played football. Uh, you played at the University of Colorado, I believe. You were an offensive lineman. Um, just first and foremost, that's a football, like how growing up in a football family, I can't, I'm a fan, Fish is a fan, but what's it like to really grow up in a football family? Yeah, it, it was a blast. Um, it, it really was. And, and it was, it was hard at the same time, you know, um, when my dad was in coaching, uh, he was not a head coach in the NFL. So if the head coach got fired, then he'd get fired. So, you know, I, I started um, the second grade in St. Louis and finished it back in Chicago. And I had gone the first, I had gone the first grade in Chicago. Then he got fired from the Bears and second grade in St. Louis back to Chicago and then third grade uh, out uh, by Oakland, California. So, but it was a blast just to be around it. And, and I loved it. And obviously that impacted and influenced me to decide that I wanted to be a coach, um, you know, growing up, uh, you, you know, it was just fun to kind of listen and, you know, hear what other kids were saying. Um, I remember once, I, I don't know, it was probably fourth or fifth grade, uh, this kid was all fired up uh, that he had been to something and gotten Ken Stabler's autograph. 
um, and he's showing it around and they're like, well, you know, what do you think? And I'm like, uh, I was playing catch with him on Saturday, you know, I mean, great that you got his autograph, but I got to spend time with him. So it was a blast from that standpoint, love being around my dad, watching him coach. And then really the fun part of it, Corey has been, you know, just running into guys that he was able to coach or that he was able to be with and just talk about, you know, his impact, positive impact on them. Uh, as a man and as a person, as a coach. And that's really one of the reasons I got into coaching. I wanted to be able to, uh, you, you know, help guys along with this journey. And, you know, while, while helping them get an education, play great football, but also become better people through the process. Coach Shinnick, you, you look at the success that the upper tier schools have had, you know, the Florida States, the Miami's Fours winning national championships, the USF's, UCS. For a long time, there weren't many you know, even, I don't even think there was many FBS level schools. Now it's gone down to division two, II, division three NAI um, in the state of Florida. Why do you think, you know, you guys have had such early success and are you surprised it took this long for schools like yours to start up football? Well, yeah, to the, to the surprise, I, I am just a little bit but obviously football is a big chunk and it's a big commitment. And we have been very fortunate uh, to have a president, her administration be on board, an athletic director that gets it, understands what it takes. Um, but I, you know, I'm obvious, I've, I've, been, I've been blessed, been able to start two programs. Uh, the benefits of starting football, having football uh, are tremendous in, in my opinion. Um, and so, you know, I, I think if people looked at it and said, what could it bring to the table, there'd be more doing it. As you mentioned, we do have a handful of NAIA institutions uh, that have started football here recently, and most of them have had great success. Uh, so, I mean, there's a lot that's taken place in the state of Florida from a college football standpoint outside of the FBS teams that uh, obviously have done well. Uh, you know, for us, uh, I, I think, you know, one of the appealing aspects of taking the job, I had never recruited Florida. Uh, I had never really lived in Florida. I, I literally had no idea where Pensacola was uh, when I heard that West Florida was starting football. And so I'd heard of Pensacola, had known about it, but really didn't have any idea where it was. And then uh, that was one of the appealing things for me was just to be able to recruit the state, be able to give young men an opportunity to not leave. Uh, and play at a high level. And really, if you look at our roster, uh, I think in 2019, we had more, uh, we had more athletes, more, more football players on our roster than any other NCAA uh, team from the state of Florida. And that's kind of where we've said, hey, that's going to be our base. Uh, we're going to do that. We, we do attract a handful of transfers, which we're excited about. Uh, but at the same time, we feel very good about, uh, you know, who we've been able to get and what that's looked like. Uh, you know, Coach, the, the pandemic, the COVID pandemic, it, it provided a lot of, you know, presented a lot of challenges to everybody in different ways. In the case of uh, your program, in the case of Division Two, you did not play football that year. Um, how, how, how have you been able to kind of maintain and build and grow the program during a year where you could not be on the field? And, you know, with all the other challenges that that, 16, 17 month, uh, that span, uh, you know, presented to you? Yeah, it's, it's a great question, Corey. And it's, it's been a long, long, long process. It, it, it really has been. And I got a great coaching staff that really does a fantastic job mentoring young men and helping them get better on the field. 
Um, without their support, I think this would have been a brutal process. They, they've really helped uh, our program navigate this. Um, we got a couple of core values that we constantly talk about. Positive energy is one of them. Unity is one of them. The smart, hard work. And really had to put all three of those uh, to task every day. Stay upbeat. Let's find a way to get better. Uh, in the fall, we had 15 practices. In the spring, we had about 30 with two uh, scrimmages versus outside competition. We went against Albany State. We went against FAMU. So that created some excitement. That kept guys moving in the right direction. That kept, um, you, you know, guys' spirits up as to what we needed to do. Um, but it's, it's really been a long, drawn-out process. And, and I, uh, I respect uh, all our guys who have fought through it to put themselves in this position because um, I think we got a really good football team. we got a lot of guys that have put in a lot of smart, hard work. And uh, I'm excited to get into 2021. Uh, and even doing that now, I think we're, we're, we're sitting here with, you know, a surge in what's taking place. we got challenges involved with that as well. You know, talking about recruiting, you know, you look at the area you're in. I've always felt like Pensacola area is under-recruited as it is. I, you look, there's a lot of very talented players that come through there and end up going on and having pro careers. You look at – you guys recruit. You're, you're in that – you can recruit that mobile area. You could probably reach into – uh, parts of Louisiana, uh, Alabama, Georgia. You guys have a, a wide range of areas you can hit in, in, a, in a, you don't have to go that far to recruit top talent. Where, where are you guys focusing on? You were talking to you guys recruit Florida. Where do you guys really focus on? Um, and two, you know, with, you know, the, the whole COVID thing, there's a lot of kids that last year, you know, this is a second part of the question that dropped through the cracks has that, have you seen kids that have fallen through the cracks that maybe you wouldn't have had a shot at uh, being at a D2 school that are now available for you guys um, to make your roster better? Yeah, I think that answer the second part. I, I mean, I, I really feel for this last year's senior class because they, they, they're going to have it the hardest. Um, you know, we were able to keep uh, 10, 12 seniors from graduating. Uh, or they graduated and they're going to start working on a roster, which would have been, or working on a master's, which would have been a roster spot for people. So I really feel like this senior class of high school players, uh, it, it was tough. It was difficult. I love our freshman class that we got. It's one of the smallest ones we've ever had, uh, but it's a very, uh, very talented. And a lot of guys have an opportunity to, uh, to make an impact for us. As far as, you know, what we say, uh, really we're, we're lower Alabama all the way to Miami. Um, and even though Miami's nine, 10 hours away, it's in state and it's an in-state option. And those guys that are in Miami, uh, you know, uh, if, if, if other D2s are recruiting them, uh, they're a lot further away than, um, than UWF. So we've tried to really do a great job panhandle, uh, Tallahassee, Jacksonville, Tampa, Orlando, then work our way down Naples. Uh, Miami. So uh, we've tried to canvas the state of Florida as best we can. I think it's played, uh, played out very well for us. I think we got great connections uh, with a lot of the high school coaches. They understand the, you know, the quality of play that you're going to get in the Gulf South Conference, uh, which I think is the toughest Division II conference in the country, uh, week in and week out, going to be challenged. Uh, so it's worked really well. Uh, and I, I think, again, if you look at our roster, the majority of them are lower Alabama to Miami. 
You know, one of the things that I stress, I, you know, I do a lot of football camps and we've done combines, Corey and I, and, you know, every kid thinks they could go D1. And a lot of them don't realize, you talked about the level of competition in the football at the D2 level. When you're recruiting these kids, uh, do you stress to them that like, hey, listen, you don't have to go D1. Like, you know, you could come down to our level and still a lot of your dreams of potentially making it to that next level after us is there. Uh, what are some of the like recruiting um, strategies do you use with these parents as far as telling them that, hey, listen, you don't, not every kid's going to go D1. And I stressed it over and over like, hey, listen, there's a lot of kids that do um, drop and a lot of kids uh, don't develop right away. You know, they get to your place and they may be 6'1", 190 pounds. And then in three years from now, they're 6'3", and they're 240 and they're playing DN. What, what do you tell parents and like, how do you get over that hurdle when you're trying to recruit some of these kids? Yeah, uh, Fish, it's, it's a great question because it really is a long process and just trying to share with the parents. Every, every young man, you know, wants to go D1. I mean, and I, and I get that. Um, you know, as Corey mentioned, I, I had three brothers play D1. I played D1 and that, that, that was a great opportunity for us. Um, but at the same time, uh, guys got to understand that, you know, um, D1 doesn't mean you're playing. D1 doesn't mean that you're uh, experiencing success. Uh, they got 85 guys on scholarship, okay? If recruiting was a perfect science, uh, you know, D1 rosters would be closer to NFL rosters. Uh, you know, it'd be 50 guys. But the reason they've got 85 on scholarship is because they know not everybody's going to pan out the way they'd like them to. Not everybody really is a D1 guy. And I think those offers, uh, you know, we try to say, look, where are you comfortable? Do you feel like you can be successful here? What are you looking for? And the advantages of being in the state of Florida, the advantages of having the success that we've had, uh, you know, playing in two national championships in the last three years, uh, winning a national championship in our fourth year, uh, they start going, okay, I can see this. And we do have, you know, we do have a handful of guys on our roster that chose us over some FCSs uh, because they wanted to have the ability to be with this type of program, stay in the state of Florida uh, and compete at the level that we're competing with. And, uh, you know, I mentioned the Gulf South Conference and, you know, we turn on film and show guys, you know, who we're playing against, what's taking place. I think it was 2018. Um, I believe it was four of the top 100 players in the NFL. When they come up with that list, top 100, four of the top uh, 100 played in the Gulf South Conference. So you're going to get seen. You're going to have an opportunity to show what you can do. Uh, and you're going to have an opportunity to compete against some really good football players. Coach, I'm, I'm curious, you know, as you, as you said a little earlier, before you got to UWF, um, you, you had never recruited Florida. And, you know, obviously looking up your history, you were out of Azusa Pacific. I had a great run there in the NAI out in California. Looking at, you know, your overall coaching history, you've been in the Midwest. You've been down to the Eastern Seaboard. Uh, you started the program at uh, Pembroke in North Carolina. I'm always curious of coaches the first time they get to experience Florida high school football, Florida athletes. I'm sure you'd heard about it, but give me those first impressions when you got to see some of the ball that was played down here and got to interact with some of the athletes that are in this state. Yeah, I think, you know, um, I started my career early on as a recruiting coordinator. So, 
Um, obviously, Oregon State is a recruiting coordinator. Top three states producing Division One prospects and prospects overall, you know, are always going to be Florida, Texas, and California. And so having recruited California with the number of people who sign out of there, um, we ended up recruiting Texas at different points in time during my career. Florida is its own unique situation um, just because of spring ball, just because of really year-round opportunities. Uh, and then the explosion of, you know, what's taken place with seven on sevens uh, and teams. So there is so much readily available information for you uh, in the state of Florida that uh, it just it really gives you a great opportunity to analyze and see what you're getting. And you, you, you get a great sense uh, of the level of competition and what this young man's going to be able to do based on who he's playing against. And, you know, as we all know, there's different levels in the state of Florida. There's different, you know, there's different A's. There's going to be, you know, some guys that play at a lower level that you can just see, you know, that pop out. And then you're going to see guys playing against, you know, the, every guy he plays against has got a D1 offer. And you're like, okay, uh, we know that he's rising to the occasion week in and week out based on the league and based on the teams that he's playing. I was just really impressed with, you know, kind of the depth um, and the level of play uh, that was taking place. And again, we've, we've built our team majority with a lot of Florida guys uh, and excited to be able to continue to do that. Uh, you know, and uh, every year, uh, you know, we look forward to seeing who's next, who's going to rise up, uh, who's going to step into, uh, you know, that next situation where we're in position to get them. And I think, you know, the other part about Florida is it re there really are a lot of people uh, that come down here and recruit. So we've got to navigate that because, uh, as you guys know, there are some schools from the north uh, in Division One that, you know, they, they hand out offers like uh, breath mints. You know what I mean? And they don't mean anything in, in May. The kid doesn't know that. But, you know, it's really, hey, I'm offering you. But that really means I want you to come up to my camp. And if you don't come to my camp, then the offer isn't good. So there's a lot for us to navigate and a lot for us to work through. Uh, but, you know, in the end, I mean, uh, I think every year I'm very pleased with what I'm seeing, how I'm seeing it. And uh, again, excited that we're the only uh, division two institution in the state of Florida playing football. Yeah. I, I put in my evaluations at the bottom self-reported by the kids. So, because a lot of them do have offers that they can't commit. And that's the one thing that a lot of these kids and parents don't understand is that, just because a coach came down here and said, yeah, I'd like for you to come to my school doesn't really mean they want you to come to the school. So you're right about that. Well, and unfortunately, it's very difficult for the parents to grasp that because they haven't been through it before. They, they don't understand it. So they're just they're just fired up for their son uh, that, oh, hey, this is what took place. Great. So, you know, our, our, our follow up question to that somewhere mid July. Well, when's the last time you talked to him? Well, it was it was it was April 10th. OK, July, April 10th, to July 5th. Yeah, yeah. Uh, might want to check in on that one. <laughs> oh, man, that, that, that's good stuff. Uh, you know, coach, first, I want to say, uh, you know, I, I talked to some coach. I live here in the Tampa Bay area and fish lives now in uh, Broward County. And um, your reputation that from the high school coaches that I had a chance to meet you and meet your staff um, has just been, you know, it's been very high. It seems like, you know, everybody that has either come in touch with you or come in touch with uh, one of the members of your staff does nothing but positive things to say about you. Um, overall, the UWF program, 
it's in D2 now, dope sub. Obviously, you've already won a title. You're doing a lot of great things there. Where do you see this program going? Do you see it? Is this a, is there, is there, is the possibility for growth to FCS there? Um, you know, how do you, how do you see this program looking, you know, years from now? Is that something, is it even something you think about? Well, I think that's, you know, for us as a football staff, you know, that those are questions that are above us. Um, I think one of the, and, and I appreciate the compliments from the, from the coaches. Again, I, I got, I got great assistant coaches who do a fantastic job uh, representing our institution wherever they are. And then I think the quality of young men that we've recruited, uh, you know, most of the high school coaches know who we're going to take, who we're interested in. And they're some of their best character young men that they have on have in their program. And so they're excited to be able to, uh, you know, get those guys up here uh, under the guidance of our staff. I think, you know, as we look at the future, um, I, I think the next three years are going to be very crucial to the structure of college football and maybe college athletics as a whole. The Oklahoma-Texas deal, uh, that's huge. Is that the beginning of the end? Is that four super conferences? What is that? Uh, you know, where does everybody else settle? Um, you know, what, what takes place? Uh, I, I think there's going to be a lot of movement in the next three years uh, for people positioning themselves uh, to make it work. I mean, the, the discussion that I think you'll look at is, you know, where does the money come from? Where, where do you do that? We're very happy at Division II. Uh, we've been very successful. Um, the University of West Florida Athletic Department has more Gulf South Conference championships than anyone else. We're over 105, I think, uh, total in the athletic department. Uh, we have 10 national championships amongst our teams. Uh, so we've got a really good thing going. Uh, I think it becomes down to the landscape of, you know, what's happening around us, what's taking place. Uh, I think, you know, I think you drive onto our campus. Um, it, 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 it's a great looking campus. We've had a lot of people say it's a D1 campus. Pensacola, uh, you know, I think is an amazing place to live. We've got a lot of the positives, but, you know, as a coach, it's like, all right, we open up with McNeese State, you know, week one, and then we got, I think, the toughest D2 schedule after that. So that's kind of where the focus is. You know, you look at the D2 and D3 ranks, Coach. Brian Kelly came from Division Three. Matt Campbell came from Mount Union. I met Brandon Staley, uh, the Chargers head coach. Uh, I think he was at St. Paul's of Minnesota. It seemed like less than like seven or eight years ago. Tom Allen came on our show. Um, he came from the lower ranks. Mike Gundy at Oklahoma State went after Mike Yurchich, uh, who was a D2 coach, and now he's at Penn State. Why have these guys had so much success, and how much of an impact do you believe this could have even on your coaching future, some of the coaches on your staff? Yeah, I, I, think, I think the reason those guys have success is because they learn to do more with less, and they understand that They've got to be really wise with time, resources, uh, and players. And so um, if you grew up uh, as a D1 coach, you're used to certain things, okay? So I played at the University of Colorado. I was at the University of Richmond. I was at Clemson. Uh, I was at Arkansas, then Clemson. And then I was at Oregon State, okay? And my first job in Division II was at um, Northern Michigan, and so we took the trip and I'm like, okay, you know, our first trip is down to Saginaw Valley. Um, you know, I, about five days before I said, now, when are we flying out? You, you know, what are we doing? They're like, no coach, we're riding a bus. 
And so we bust down and then I'm like, Hey, um, you know, when, uh, you know, where's our gear going to be? Are we, are we, you know, are the trainers going to put it out? You know, what, what's going to happen? And they're like, coach, we're dressing in the, you know, the men's swimming pool area. Um, and you know, our guys will probably dress in the hotel and come on over here. And I mean, that was my, that was my introduction to, okay, you, you mean we're not showing up in the locker room and the uniforms are all set out and everything's taking place. And I've been head coach at this level for 22 years and you just learn how to do things that, you know, you never really would think of if you were someplace else. And so, you know, I look at Brian Kelly and he had amazing success at Grand Valley. I think he kept a lot of those same principles all the way across uh, the board. I think you learn how to develop players better because you don't have the luxury of having 85 uh, full scholarship players. Uh, and, you know, I'm not shocked at all by those guys' success because I think as you grow up through this process, you learn what you got to do and how to develop guys. Um, I've got to find a way uh, to put a guy in a situation uh, to be successful for us, whether I think he's as athletic as I need him to be or as smart as he needs to be or whatever it is. Uh, so we're, we're going to coach the heck out of that guy and find a way to put him in a situation to be successful to help the team. Corey? Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. One more question I had, and it was uh, to go back to some of your, your different recruiting methods. I know you had a you have a, you had a Friday night lights. It's either, either upcoming or you just had it recently um, uh, on, on campus. And other than that, you know, with this year, with everybody just getting back out, I know there have been a ton of opportunities for smaller division coaches to go to, you know, to go to Florida State or Alabama or wherever and, you know, be part of these larger mega satellite camps. Uh, how did how did your staff navigate this uh, first June and July where everybody was able to get back out and really see these kids face to face? Yeah, we put a we put a huge, huge premium on our camp and we have Friday night lights, uh, Sunday showdown. Uh, we do a specialist camp in there. And it, you know, we had close to 800 people participate um, in that, and it's not a mega camp, and we don't have outside coaches, uh, so we put a huge premium on. You come to UWF, you're going to get coached up by UWF coaches. Our players um, do a fantastic job helping us with that, uh, and that really is. We want to get them on campus. We want to show them Pensacola. Come spend the weekend in Pensacola. Come to one of our campus or one to one of our camps, either Friday or Sunday. Uh, and it's been a huge success for us. Uh, we, we had the most we'd ever had was like 600. We got close to 800 this year. Uh, and it was, you know, I think you talk everybody top to bottom, the compliments that we get, how our coaches approach it, how our players approach it. Uh, it's been a great, great recruiting tool for us. Uh, I do encourage our coaches really more, not as much from an evaluation standpoint, but more for a connection standpoint, if they got an opportunity to work uh, different camps here and there, and certain guys take advantage of that. But from our standpoint, I mean, I'm only going to work. I'm only going to work two camps, me personally, uh, and that's or three because we do a specialist camp on Sunday, uh, and that's going to be our camps uh, because I, I I want people to come in, see what UWF's all about, get a feel for all our coaches, how our staff handles things, be around our strength staff, uh, and I mean. I think the three-hour experience they get with us is as good as anywhere in the country. Well, I, I'm I'm intending on coming up there. I've had some coaches uh, call me and ask me, like the high school coaches, to do some camps up there. So I 
I'll, I'll stop by your campus and, and come meet with you, sit down with you. But uh, I look forward to having a relationship with you and your program in the future. And I, I really appreciate you coming on, Coach. And, um, nothing but the best moving forward. So. Well, no, thank you. Let me know when you want to stop by. We'd love to show you what we got and uh, spend some time with you. Uh, I appreciate you guys having me on. It's always fun to talk about what we're doing and uh, let other people hear about it. Yeah, and like I said, Coach, your reputation is uh, really wonderful from the high school coaches I've talked to. And, you know, and having a chance to talk with you, I, I can see why. Uh, thank you for replying to my email. This was a total cold call. You know, a lot of our guests come on. We have previous relationships with them. But I was interested. I said, you know what? This this guy's won a championship at a, at a state school. And I'm, I'm excited to hear your, your process. And uh, I wish you just continued success and continued Success at UWF. I love the logo. I love the colors. I'm going to come up there and get some gear. I want some gear. <laughs> I'm going to wear some UWF gear here around St. Petersburg, Florida. Absolutely. No, come on up. We'll get, we'll get you, we'll get your shirt. We'll get you the Argo. Uh, you know, we are the Argonauts. We go by, you know, the Argo head there. We like it. Uh, we, we do have some pretty cool colors. I appreciate that. Well, but thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, coach. No, my pleasure. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Coach Peter Shinnick. Thank you very much, Coach. What about his uh, social media? You oh, want yeah, to... that's right. Sorry, I, I forget. See, that's your part. You do the yeah. social media part. Yeah. How, how can, uh, you know, recruits and fans and parents and everybody else follow Coach Shinnick? Yeah, um, at, at Pete Shinnick, uh Twitter. That's the best way to do it. That's the one I'm most uh, active on. And... Um, Look me up. We'll make it work. All right. I like the sound of that. I like the sound of that. Thank you so much for your time, Coach. I appreciate it. I know it's a busy time of the year. And like I said, we'll definitely be keeping track of UWF Argonauts football this fall as you return back to the field after probably what seems like a lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> you are correct. Yeah. Really, really looking forward to getting going, getting out of this uh you know, wait and see mode. So it's very exciting. Thank you guys. I appreciate, uh, appreciate you having me on. Eric Eastep here. This episode is brought to you by Forney Industries. Get it done with green. Forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines, metalworking accessories, and more. For do-it-yourselfers all the way to professional metalworkers, Forney has everything you need for your next project. Shop Forney's top-of-the-line products at forneyind.com. That's Forney, F-O-R-N-E-Y, ind, I-N-D.com, or at an authorized Forney dealer near you.